and welcome to the Behind the Scenes podcast. My name is Mackenzie Smolin, and we have back What's your here name? Mackenzie Smolin. Oh, right. <laughs> we have uh, Michael and Rhonda Spencer back, and today um, I thought that the topic was perfect because um, Pastor Rhonda, you just did a live on faith, like mm-hmm. what actual faith is. So today we're talking about faith deconstruction. Ooh. Um, it's an interesting movement. I don't know if you guys have seen people on social media talk about it. I've had movements um, before. You want to explain? No. Okay. No. No, Mackenzie. No. Okay. It means a different um, kind of movement. So <laughs> um, we saw this as a big movement, um, I guess, as a result of COVID-19. I'm so sick of talking about it, but here we are again, bringing it up as a topic. Um, but when people had to take a step back from church for a while, this whole faith deconstruction thing happened. So um, I got a couple of definitions. Um, SophiaSociety.com says, faith deconstruction is the taking apart of an idea, practice, tradition, belief, or system into smaller components in order to examine their foundation, truthfulness, youthfulness, usefulness, Mm -hmm. and impact. and then gotquestions.org, and this one seems a little bit more um, accurate to what's been happening, is questioning, doubting, and ultimately rejecting aspects of Christian faith. Um, that seems like... That sounds like a what's bowel actually, movement. <laughs> um, can we just say the word of God? It is impossible to please God without faith. Right. So we... Don't please God. We don't use the Bible anymore. Is that what it's like? I think, I mean, I could just trying to assume about what people are speaking about and posting about. I think when people stepped back from church and realized that their life wasn't any different without church, they started mm-hmm. thinking, well, Sad. yeah, well, why am I following this religion? Why are we doing these practices? Why do I have to go to church on Sunday? Um, why do we have to tithe when nothing changed? That's what it seemed like. People started questioning. I can't even believe that they ever had faith in the first place. Mm-hmm. I have never seen anybody's life not changed with Jesus. I, I just got a testimony from a couple young ladies in the church that I mentor and encourage. And they said, I can't imagine how anybody ever got along without having Jesus in their life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I hear all the time. I mm-hmm. see miracles all the time. So to say that it isn't real and their life didn't change any, maybe there was something deeper than their faith. Maybe there's something deeper going on than their Christianity. Oh, for sure. I, I think too, it has a, um, one of my issues with the deconstruction of faith is, um, all right, you're going to deconstruct, which is what we did in our master's program. So when you when you go to college, one of the things they do is in your master's, they're actually stripping you of everything you believe and you have to rebuild. But the difference is um, the, the young people that I believe are, or the people that I, I'm assuming, because uh, I don't really know them, um, majority of them, and I will say majority, I'm not, I don't think I'm, pinning that improperly, the majority of them have no biblical knowledge, which means they do not have theological studies, which means they do not understand hermeneutics, which means they do not understand uh, how to deduce the biblical principles 
in a correct manner. So they're searching the internet, which has literally everything on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have every kind of wacko on there proposing their design or their theology or their philosophy, and yet people who have no understanding are deconstructing their faith and trying mm-hmm. to rebuild it by people who are thoroughly ignorant mm-hmm. or people that are twisted and contorted themselves. Mm-hmm. So how in the world can you reconstruct? Now, listen, I, I, I know there are certain gifts that I have, and I know there are gifts that I don't have. One of the gifts that I don't have is um, taking an engine apart. (laughs) So if I take an engine apart, I can take an engine apart and I can even like dismantle it. Like I can completely tear an engine down. Give me, give me a a bunch of ratchets and a sockets and a hammer and, and this and that. And I can take it apart, but baby, I cannot put it back together. (laughs) And I might be able to get four or five manuals and prayerfully, they all agree. Mm-hmm. But if not, I'm going to get it back together, but it's not going to run. Mm-hmm. That's the issue with deconstruction of faith. Right. That who, you can dismantle anything you desire, but to rebuild it means you got to have an understanding, a revelation of how the, the combustible engine works. If you don't, then you can only put back nuts and you're going to have a few nuts. Well, you got a lot of nuts. You got a nuts and screws left over. Uh-huh. And therefore, you might have an engine that turns over a little bit, but it will never run again well. Mm-hmm. And that really is the issue with deconstruction of faith. Mm-hmm. Because I- unless you have a true theological uh, comprehension and education, then the only way you can put it together is other people's philosophies that you're acquiring on the internet or even scarier, your own. Right, right. So the what kind of broke my heart researching this whole process was the fact that when I think faith deconstruction in a way is good because if you come across a, cer- a certain situation and you don't know what to believe or how to believe, you're going to question. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that there's anything wrong, wrong with, with questioning, that. but Absolutely I feel like not. all of these people didn't have the proper pastor or the Correct. proper yeah. open environment to be able to ask these questions. And so I saw um, a quote on premierchristianity.com and it said, um, Many feelings of grief, guilt, and anxiety can accompany a period of deconstruction. The author of The Post-Evangelical, Dave Tomlinson, explains that those who raise questions are often treated as if they're losing their way or backsliding. He says this attitude makes it very hard to be openly authentic inside many churches. Um, Well, I'll just say we have rock-solid faith. mm -hmm. Um, I wrote the books, um, wrote them because I found that uh, Christianity in most churches is not giving a foundation apologetically or just doctrinally. And as the scripture says in the book of Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, the elementary principles of the word of God. Mm-hmm. So I wrote that book because I felt it important to, to get people's foundation solid enough. But what I love about that class is they can ask any question they've ever wanted to ask. Mm-hmm. And you need to be able to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Sadly enough, the majority of churches preach to people, preach at people, but do not, do not disciple people. Mm -hmm. They are not students. Mm -hmm. So therefore deconstruction of their faith brings them to a place to where they're lost in the first place. Like taking a first grader, not teaching them one plus one equals two 
And then in the third grade, trying to teach them division. Mm -hmm. You got to have the foundation. Right. And sadly, we have the majority of churches in America today are not trained, are not training their people, are not uh, developing, discipling their people. And therefore, when it comes time to question their faith, there's nothing wrong with questioning your faith. You know, you, there's nothing wrong with questioning why you do what you do. Mm -hmm. But it all comes back down to the word of God. Mm -hmm. And if the word of God is not true, then it's all fallacy. Mm -hmm. But if the word of God is true, then reconstructing your faith through an understanding of uh, a teacher, a trainer, a developer, a mature who will walk you through the process, you can reconstruct your faith with a greater foundation. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what I love about being able to go to his tabernacle is that you both are very, very open about the different levels of faith that you've had to walk through. And you just said you've had your faith like a couple of weeks ago, like completely shocked is how you described it. Offended. So that was, yeah, offended. Offended my faith. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and so, it was, it was offended. Yeah. Like I, you know, I'm a faith person and I was challenged in my faith. Um, on many of the points that I thought I was solid on. And it, it was exciting, though, to see. And it was. It was a stripping away of, all right, this is not accurate. Here's the truth. But again, I had that. But I went after it. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't sit and wait for it to come to me. I went after it. I went looking for it. And I found, so if we're looking for deconstructing you can find that mm -hmm. um and if you're looking to build your faith you can find that too yeah i think one of the scariest part of be, be, be about deconstructing your faith also is you're going at it with the philosophy of right. doubt right right you're going at it with the philosophy of lies yeah. mm -hmm. and anything done without faith the bible says is sin mm-hmm so you're actually going to deconstruct your faith through the eyes of sin. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, now you're condemning me. No, I'm telling you, it's okay to deconstruct as long as you're doing it in faith. Faith to faith, mm -hmm. glory to glory. Mm -hmm. You know, we are to grow from one level to the next. Mm -hmm. Well, that comes through a level of deconstruction. You know, I have to tear down this to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to remain in this. You're, you're not going to be able to go to your next level unless you deconstruct some level of your last. Mm -hmm. But when you go about it with doubt and unbelief as your drive, well, I'm going to disprove this. Well, you know, I don't think. Well, then you are living in yeah. doubt and unbelief. Right. And Jesus said the only reason he couldn't do miracles is unbelief. Mm -hmm. The children of Israel could not enter into the promised land because of unbelief. Mm -hmm. It is sin when you do it in unbelief. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you are now constructing your faith on unbelief. Huh. Totally anti-Bible. Yeah, it definitely is. A lot of people come out with um, very different theology than when they came in with. But this, I, I became interested in this topic because this macro deconstruction that I saw, especially in millennial and Gen Z generations, it seemed um, like definitely demonic and definitely diabolical this was not happening with like one person in this church and another person it was like almost like millions of people that were mm -hmm. asking these questions and it seemed like people who didn't have faith to begin with like you said were really struggling especially through covid because yes. if you if you look at the 
the craziness that exploded in that year it wasn't just covid people were believing well does god really hear now it was the huge push for transgenderism and okay so maybe i don't know if homosexuality is a sin or changing your gender is a sin and then we had the race things well now everybody's coming at the evangelical church for being racist for whatever reason then you had a ton of aliens well there's nothing about aliens in the bible so now it became (laughs) trendy to say you know what i don't know anything about this faith thing so now i'm deconstructing right. and people grabbed a hold of that because it made them look like a better christian right which is it's fine if you don't know but to go head first into saying well i'm just doubting my faith and now you're completely wayward um so that's why i was really interested i believe in it falls on the threshold of the pastors mm-hmm. and Absolutely. the pastors will be judged well i always tell it this way at our church i'm giving you rock solid faith you can get it what two or three times a week yeah um on every campus um, because I'm not going to stand before God and say I didn't teach the people. Mm-hmm. If you want to screw your life up, that's your choice. Well, what makes your principles any more true than not? Well, I mean, because we establish them on the Word of God. We establish them through, through true hermeneutical deduction. We establish them through the principles of apologetics. So the Bible is your stability. Mm-hmm. And when you reconstruct, it has to be reconstruction on the Scripture not on philosophy. Yeah. And the problem is if you are ignorant, and I don't mean a negative ignorance, but if you are ignorant about the scripture and yet you're trying to reconstruct your faith through maybe scripture, well, then how do you think you're not going to be lost? Mm -hmm. But really what you're doing is you're appeasing your flesh because you're going to vacillate uh, and, and, and really you're going to headlong into appeasing your sinful nature or appeasing the the social economic or the social philosophies because you're going to be want to be accepted Mm -hmm. so you're going to head that direction because that's going to make you feel better Mm -hmm. where i'm sorry the bible doesn't make you feel better the bible tells you if you want to save your life you got to lose it the bible tells you very clearly that um you must die to yourself the bible is very clear my life is no longer my own. I've been bought with a price. My, the Bible's very clear that I must lay myself down on the altar of God uh, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, which is my reasonable service. The Bible's very clear, for, flee fornication. The Bible's very clear in Galatians. If you do these things, you're not going to heaven. Romans chapter one, you do these things, you're not going to heaven. Well, people don't like that. Mm-hmm. So they got to deconstruct their faith to be able to appease their flesh. Well, there's there's got to be a safe way to be able to healthily deconstruct and be honest when you come to a point of challenging your faith without just completely throwing Jesus out of the way and just being like, well, none of it's real then. So what's the, what's a safe way to be able to deconstruct? Well, number one, you need to be in a church that is constructed. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember when I was a senior, um, I grew up in the church, on the church, on the pew, under the pew, I pewed in the pew. I was there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Friday night. I mean, I was there all the time. Um, It was my senior year. I was totally like, why in the world am I believing this anyways? I was deconstructing my faith Mm -hmm. uh, without the term. And so we had a youth pastor come in, new dude. And he taught apologetics. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. So I made a decision that I was going to follow Jesus, not out of ignorance, but out of intelligence. 
And if you could have disproven the Bible, they would have done it a long time ago. Um, if they could have destroyed the scripture, they would have been accomplished a long time ago. Uh, but through the principles of apologetics, whether it be through the amount of writers, through the amount of years that it was penned, through the amount of uh, the types of people that were there and continents that were there and languages that were there and through prophetic, which is 28%, through uh, archaeological diggings, through, you know, we can go through the list of apologetics. I, at that point, I said, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I moved in. But I was taught that. If I wasn't taught that, I probably wouldn't even be saved today. Right. Mm -hmm. It really falls on the threshold of the churches and on the pastors. Mm -hmm. But for people to say they're intellectual and they really believe they are if they're deconstructing their faith and then reconstructing their faith, they believe they're intelligent. It's like me saying, hi, um, I, went to, um, I went to the local community college and I learned my math and I learned English and my first year of college. And I've decided that I want to be a brain surgeon. So um, I'm, going to, I'm going to train you or I'm going to teach myself how to be a brain surgeon on YouTube and on the internet. <laughs> so would you like to be my first surgery? <sighs> no. No, no, but <laughs> no. that's what it's, that's the, that's the intelligence level of people deconstructing their faith because yeah. they're relying on the internet to help reconstruct. Well, how do you know the people on the internet even know what the heck they're talking about? Right. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point that sometimes when people look at faith and they start off in the wrong church to begin with, they kind of look at it as like, well, I can just open up a, like the Bible and look at a verse. And if I don't agree with it, then I guess I just don't believe in it. Right. But there's so much more that goes into actually learning the scripture, like history and context and the author's intent and all of those things that we could be properly taught if we were in the right church the and right had church. the right resources. And everyone says that they love God. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone loves God. Yeah. Even if they've deconstructed their faith, I still love God. But the word of God, the Bible mm -hmm. that Whoa. he penned says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. So that's the definition to God of what love is. And if we're not functioning in that obedience to his word, even when we don't like it, um, we don't really love God. And I think too many people think they're fine because they love God. Mm -hmm. um, that's not God's definition of love. And a harsh reality, and I would say to anybody that's deconstructed their faith, heaven and hell are real mm -hmm. and if you don't believe in them now because you've deconstructed they're still real right. why are you going to gamble with eternity not just lifetime but eternity possibly ending up in hell like mm -hmm. there's there's no way i would gamble that mm -hmm. and it's for better life i have i just i have a hard time believing mm -hmm. that people really have a better life without God. I I haven't seen that. And you can't see that. Hollywood, they're committing suicide. It doesn't matter how much money, how much fame, how mm -hmm. much fortune, how much glitz. It doesn't matter. Without Jesus, people are still empty. Mm -hmm. So stop following the trend that's out there. There's only one way to heaven. There's mm -hmm. only one way, according to the Bible, yep. which is Clear. God's manual, his words, not mine made up stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
There's only one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. There is no other way to heaven. Mm-hmm. So, and I it's would not just, just believing in Jesus. But the right. Bible says in James, even the devils believe in God and tremble. So it's not good enough that you believe in Jesus. Obey his commandments. Yeah, you have mm-hmm. to receive him as your Lord and Savior. And as you receive him as your Lord and Savior, out of love, you're going to respond to obedience. Mm-hmm. You know, it is all a matter of, do you love and know God? Well, deconstructing your faith is very interesting because really what they're doing is they're allowing that doubt and unbelief to be the greater thread. Therefore, when you doubt and unbelieve and you rebuild on doubt and unbelief, well, then how can you have faith in what you believe because it was built? It's almost reminding me of, um, I had this guy come to me one time. He goes, Pastor, I want you to know that I found somebody else. And, you know, I said, dude, you're married. He goes, yeah, but I found somebody else and she loves me for who I am. And, you know, we're just going to make a better life together. You know, me and my wife, we had issues. And, and I said, you know, you're really stupid. And he goes, what do you mean by that? I says, well, you base, you're basing your entire relationship on cheating. Mm-hmm. So now you've you're 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 leaving the relationship you're in to build a relationship that's built on cheating, lies, um, sneaky, and now you really think that you're going to have a solid relationship. You're always going to question where she is because if she cheated with you, she'll cheat without you. Mm-hmm. I said you can't build on doubt. Yeah, and you cannot reconstruct your faith in doubt. Because then you'll always doubt it. Right. You you guys are really, really big on this, is that I was reading a couple articles on the faith deconstruction, and most of the time when it happens on smaller scales, it happens when um, a tragedy hits. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so people have to think, well, this guy, classic example, but it was real for him. His grandmother died of cancer. Pastors laid their hands on her, and... Um, and she ended up dying anyway. So he went through a period of deconstruction, had a lot of guilt because he was questioning whether God, it was his will to heal everyone or not. Unfortunately, he came out of it like believing very comfortably that it wasn't God's will to heal everybody. Um, So you guys are are very strong on, it doesn't matter what your personal experiences are, Mm -hmm. um, it's the word of God. And most people who are going through deconstruction that aren't coming out of it stronger, don't believe that God's word is final in the first place. That's the key right, right there. Yeah. Right. That is that is the bottom line. We talked about absolutes not too long ago. And if there is no absolute, go back and listen to that podcast. It's mm-hmm. just mud. It's just mucky. And mm-hmm. um, it's you're not going to have any good foundation, nothing to establish it on. But I do think it's... It's good to look at our faith and to challenge our faith. Absolutely. Um, The safest way to do it is do it with somebody that's further advanced than you are, older than you are, have a track record of integrity. Mm -hmm. Like look to somebody more, not to somebody taking away from it. I can deconstruct my faith and the things that I believe by listening to somebody. And this is what I've actually just did in this season is listen to people that challenged my faith that I thought was faith. But they're way beyond. They've already been healed themselves and had miracles themselves and Mm -hmm. um, they're teaching and training. So I, I would say the safest way to deconstruct your, and that's actually 
deconstructing and building at the same right. time. Mm-hmm. So you're not stripped of everything and left with nothing except for doubt and unbelief, which is a really miserable place to live. It's mm-hmm. empty. It's hollow. So I would say if you want to deconstruct your faith, change the channel. Uh, mm-hmm. Find somebody that's further along, more mature, have a track record of integrity, you know, and that believes the word of God. Mm-hmm. So I would just say, look ahead, look higher rather than looking at somebody else who's questioning. Yeah. Like so, if they have questions, they don't have the answers clearly. Right, so. Right. so here's a good thought. So say you're in a chemistry class and you're, you got an exam coming up and you're struggling with understanding chemistry. Do you, so you're what, at least 20, you're 20 years old, you're in college. So do you go to a five-year-old and say, hey, you know, I'm struggling with chemistry, was wondering if you could give me your thoughts and opinion mm-hmm. on that? Um, you wouldn't do that. Or you even know. another person watch. in the class is or failing. You, watch, right, yeah, or right. another person failing. Right. Or even better, you're not going to go out on the street and find a hobo <laughs> and say, hey, um, I'm struggling with chemistry, I was wondering if you could help me. You're not going to go to somebody who has a fifth, uh, eighth grade education and say, can you help me? You're going to go to a professor. A that, successful? Yeah, a successful professor, um, a tutor, somebody who knows more than you mm-hmm. to get to go higher. Yeah. But when you deconstruct your faith, you, what are you going to? You're going to the hobo. You're going to the internet. <laughs> the internet the is the hobo. hobo. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Hobo. It's like, yeah. well, you know... <laughs> These people know what they're talking about. Somebody came to me once and said, you know, tithing's not in the Bible. It's like, <laughs> what? Well, it's not biblical these days. I said, where'd you learn that from? The internet. Yes. It's like, <laughs> stupid. Yeah. If you open the scripture, it's so easy to see. Mm-hmm. It's not even hard to find. Yeah. Somebody said to me not too long ago, well, I don't believe in church. I believe that the fivefold ministry gifts are nouns and not verbs. Or verbs, verbs and not nouns. nouns yeah. I said, what? Yeah. Well, you, so they were saying that the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, teacher, and evangelist were not, um, were not people. Right. It was, a it was just attitude, an activity. An attribute of people. And I was like. You could be evangelistic. Where'd you learn that? Prophetic. Where'd you learn that? <laughs> the internet. It's like, yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's such a good point, though, because the first thing that you want to do, and this is something else that you teach, too, is when you go through a crisis, the first thing that your flesh wants to do is find somebody to agree with oh, you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you're already doubting, you don't want to feel like you're wrong and that's you don't right. want to do the work to build your faith back up. You want to go to somebody who feels the exact same way. And that's right. a straight track to deconstructing mm-hmm. your faith. Yep. And sad. It's sad. That's it's. Su- I cannot for one minute. I don't believe the people that are saying that they're happier without them. I no, guarantee, no I know, we they're know not. people. We know people that have straight up walked away from God. Like, had a great relationship, walked away from God, and ended up years later coming around. The thing that they said, every single day, yeah, they were day. confronted with it. Every single wow. day, yep. they knew, they thought about it. So don't, it's a lie. Those a people lie. saying that, you're lying. You're lying because... He's not going to give up on you. Right. He's not going to give up on you. He loves you. He loves you. And so you're going to feel that. You're going to feel that conflict in your spirit. You're going to just feel that pulling of Jesus. You're going to feel that void and that emptiness. I don't care what you're saying with your mouth. You're going to keep jumping. Mm -hmm. Right. This to fulfill you. This high. That to fulfill you. This to fulfill you. That to fulfill you. 
and you're going to keep going until you're you're miserable. Mm-hmm. And you will be miserable. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Do you think God becomes disappointed with people when they go through periods of deconstruction? I think it hurts his heart. I wouldn't use the word disappointed at all. I think it grieves his spirit. Mm-hmm. Like the saddest scripture in the Bible, my husband says, is when Jesus went to the garden and says to Adam and Eve, who he once was in relationship, where are you? Mm-hmm. It's not, he knew where they were logistically. Exactly. He's, um, uh, he's omniscient. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel Jesus feels towards the person that's deconstructing their faith. He's and standing it, there saying, where are you? And I really believe it has, really, if you want to look at deconstruction of faith, honestly, it gets down to, uh, it gets down to soulless satisfaction. Because what they're going to end up settling on are principles that make them, their soul feel happy. Good. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Their intellect, emotions, and will, rather than, rather than fulfill the spirit. Mm-hmm. So usually the deconstruction is an appeasement, and will always have less than what the scripture re- recommends. Mm. Uh, just like somebody said to me, uh, "We'll go back to tithing again." That same person said to me, "Yeah, tithing's not in the New Testament." I said, "Awesome, awesome, dude." So you know we should jump to the Book of Acts. You need to go sell your house and give it all to the church. <laughs> Whoa, what do you mean? I said, you see, the people who don't believe in tithing never even give the 10% when actually it should be more. Mm-hmm. So usually people who will deconstruct, it will not be what God required according to the word. It will always be less because their flesh has to be appeased. Mm-hmm. So what would you guys say to somebody right now that might be listening that they're in the middle of deconstructing their faith because of whatever tragedy, whatever situation, what would you say to them? What should they do? First thing I would tell you to do is you need to go to your pastor with those questions. If your pastor can't answer those questions with you biblically, not through opinion, but through biblical principle, then you're in the wrong church. Mm -hmm. And um, if you give us a call, we'll help you find a good local church that will teach you the word, develop you in the word, or you can send us uh, your questions. You can send them to pastorspencer at icloud.com. I don't mind answering your questions. The fact is is that someone's got to answer questions. Questions aren't bad, questions are good. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to figure them out yourself, you're either going to the five-year-old or the hobo on the street, Mm -hmm. the internet is not your answer. There's every nut flake and quack out there mm-hmm. that's on the internet that comes up with their own philosophy and it will, like I said, always be less than God's word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would just say, please, please, please stop this direction. Whatever you're sowing, whatever you're speaking, whatever mm-hmm. words are coming out of your mouth are the destination. That's going to be the harvest that you reap from. So as long as you're looking to take away, that's the target you're gonna hit. So I would say start with speaking different and and please go in a different direction. It's empty where you're going. It's devoid of peace where you're going. There's no peace there. There's not the happiness that's promised and, and all of that. God is good. He's a good God. Whatever you've seen, heard, or experienced, God is a good God and he has good and perfect things. Only good things come from God. Bad things are from the enemy of our soul, the devil, who is also real. 
And he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And we're supposed to be aware of that. And so right now, the enemy is destroying, stealing from you, and would ultimately love to kill you. Get off that track and get back on the track of Jesus, who has nothing but good for you. Literally, Jesus has nothing to take away from your life. He only has to add to your life. It's good. He is a good, good God. I was uh, talking to a man who is 78 years old. And he grew up in church. The church he grew up in was very religious. If you went to church, you were going to heaven, really, was the philosophy. Mm. There needed to be a deconstruction. Well, he didn't deconstruct. (laughs) He just walked away from Jesus. Yeah. Walked away from Jesus, has hopped from one woman to the next woman, um, has, you know, tried everything. He's somewhat moral. And so we were talking and I was sharing with him about uh, biblical principles of the diabolical and uh, generational sin and spirits. And he looked at me after the conversation. He goes, I'm 78 now. Why was I never taught this stuff? Oh, my goodness. He said, this makes sense. I says, well, it's the Bible. But I was never taught this. Yeah. I have an uncle and aunt. My uncle's 86 or 87 years old. Um, they've been serving the Lord over 50 years. My ma too, over 50 years. They came out here and they learned more in two years with rock solid faith than they learned in all the other 48 years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The word of God says, my people perish for lack, lack of, of knowledge. knowledge. And mm-hmm. again, like you said all along, the responsibility falls on the pastors. Mm-hmm. It, we have to stand in judgment, in a greater judgment than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's a scary place. You, you got to remain tight and all the yeah. way to the end because I never want to be a part of not telling the people, even though it's not fun. It's not fun to say those things, mm-hmm. but we know the results that are going to come from it. And so following the word of God, Always pays off. It's the Always. best way to go. Amen. Always pays off. Amen. So deconstructing of faith in and of itself is not wrong as long as you do it in the right uh, demeanor by building faith to faith. Yeah. Not doubt. Mm-hmm. But again, most of the people probably that are in the deconstruction of faith are either angry with God, angry with the church, living out of more doubt and unbelief than by faith. Mm-hmm. And their conclusion will be lack and luster mm-hmm. it will be that they will believe less of the word than more of the word mm-hmm. which means they cannot have faith my wife said the verse already hebrews eleven six. it is impossible to please god without faith yeah and so there's some things you will never understand or you wouldn't need faith yeah so, so it's okay to question but don't question backwards question forward right. yeah bring your faith to faith and always grow your faith. And yeah. if you're finding that your pastor just doesn't have the capability of answering your questions, well, you know, don't get mad at him, but you might be in the wrong church. Mm-hmm. Now, I know a lot of pastors, they're very good people. They're nice people, but they're very uneducated people. Mm-hmm. They themselves only believe what they were told. Listen, I was really upset, really mad when I got to Bible college. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Because mm-hmm. this is Christmas season. <laughs> I found out the wise men were not at the the birth of jesus oh my gosh i was really mad where were they they didn't come till jesus was two oh mackenzie are you just realizing this he teaches it all the time that's funny jesus touch her 
See, that's how he was in Bible college. He's like, I'm are learning. you kidding me? I'm learning. They weren't. They, they didn't come till two. Yeah. We three kings of Orient. They couldn't have been three kings. That had got mugged. Yep. Yeah. They said there were over 50 plus people. So like all those little gifts. all those little manger scenes with like yeah. the newborn baby Jesus. He was really two years old. Yeah. No, no, no. The newborn baby Jesus. The shepherds were there, but no yes. wise men there. Oh, okay. The Jesus was living in a house when the wise men came. Oh, wow. And they See? gave him... They gave him the gold, the frankincense, and myrrh. Mm-hmm. So they gave I... him all of that so that they could they could live in Egypt because remember Herod was going to kill all children two years old or under. So the Lord gave them the finances to move to Egypt, which they couldn't have worked because they were Jews, to be able to live without any problem for two solid years before they had to come back. Wow. So what I do with my nativity scene, because they all come with wise men, is I put them afar off. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> They're not in the nativity Aww. scene. They're off to the side. And I was oh. really mad, too. Another one that I had to deconstruct was I was always taught, stay within your own race. Yeah. You mean like with relationships? Relationships. So I remember in my, in my church, I remember one day, um, uh, I, we lived near, uh, it was called Fort Devens, yeah. uh, which was a, an army depot. And uh, this, this African-American dude came in and he was dark and his wife was very, very white, like not white, but she was like paisley white. I mean, like pasty, 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 long, long red hair. I remember wow. them. I remember their, I remember them because it was such a monumental moment for me. And she, her hair was like down her butt. It was really long red hair. Mm-hmm. She's pasty white and he's very dark. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the church talked to them. Oh, that's horrible. And afterwards, I Sick said to my parents, I said, you know, why didn't anybody say, you got to stay in your own race? Wow. And it was like, then I got to Bible school and realized Moses married an Ethiopian. <laughs> you ever seen a white Ethiopian? No, no. I've never seen a white Ethiopian. So, uh, you know, and, and Moses was olive and his wife was Ethiopian. And then you had uh, Miriam and those guys come against it. You know, yeah. she, she got leprosy. She it's, did. You know, not a good thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's okay to question some things. But you have to do it with somebody that's more knowledgeable than you. Yeah, right. Not trying to do it yourself or do it off the hobo. Mm-hmm. You know? You too. The hobo, <laughs> yeah. you're going to get anything. Yeah. And you will always find someone that will agree with you. Mm-hmm. Don't be crazy. Be yeah. smart. I think the world has painted a picture of Christians being like backwoods, bow donkey, uneducated people anyway. So when people have these questions, it's like, they think that they already know as much as like a theologian or somebody who might be educated in Christianity and they have no idea how much study and knowledge and wisdom and life experience it takes to get to where you guys are today. I had somebody come up to me and it was the person that was, it was the person that was telling me that the fivefold ministry gives. And I said to them, I said, um, you know, I, I haven't earned doctorate in theology. <laughs> Did you even come to me? No, we were on the internet and talking to some friends. Okay, that's intelligent. That's, <laughs> that's intelligent. You, you don't go to the person who has the education, who, who's taken the time to educate themselves because they themselves don't want to be ignorant. But yet you go to the hobo. Right. You go to the five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Well, they make sense. I don't care how much sense it makes. What makes sense is it's done right. Mm-hmm. You know, anything that is sin will always make sense because it appeases your flesh. Yeah. And that's where you have to make decisions. Don't go to the five-year-old. Don't go to the hobo. 
go up, mm-hmm. not down. That's why we send people to elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we send people to primary school. Mm-hmm. That's why we send people to middle school. <laughs> That's why we send people to high school. Mm-hmm. That's why we pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for college. <laughs> right. And then post-grad. <laughs> yeah. You know, we do that because you, you don't want somebody who's learned on YouTube to do your brain surgery. Right. But you'll do that with your faith and end up in the lake of fire. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a hot mess to be in. Just doesn't make sense. No. But it does make sense. Because the Bible it's says decent. in the last days, mm-hmm. the love of many will wax cold because mm-hmm. sin does abound. And the Bible says that in the last days, even the elect will be deceived. Mm-hmm. The word of God has to be your absolute. Mm-hmm. It says that people will week. find teachers to soothe itching their itching ears. ears. Yeah. Absolutely. Always will. Yep. There's always somebody out there that will placate, pacify, and meet your soulish need. That mm-hmm. is not us. <laughs> We're not about well, that. I've been threatened. I've been told clearly that's that you're not pretty me. blunt. Yeah. You are very blunt. Yeah. But I, I want to make sure that I'm not going to stand in judgment. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have to stand before a holy God and I fear him way more than I do any person. Mm-hmm. And I've been wrong before. You know? About what? Um, I remember one time, it was my That's first sad. church. Um, I got into like the doctrine of demonology mm-hmm. and they were pastors that were um, guarding the gates of their city uh, and flying in airplanes and tearing down the spirit's um, out of the uh, out of the heavenlies, and so we got into some spiritual warfare prayer, and it got really intense and very <laughs> exciting and very exhilarating. Then I opened the scripture and said, "We have all authority over the power of the devil." Oh, and it was like, yeah, this is really good. He has given us dominion. Yeah, over this is really yeah. good. This is really good book writing stuff. <laughs> this is really good emotional hype. stuff, hype stuff, but. Yeah. Uh, the Bible is really so I stood up in front of the congregation and said listen man I didn't do it out of intent but you know it was I took it a little bit further than it needed to be gone will you please forgive me oh it takes humility well I mean honestly all we are is servants of God Again, is we're to build God. the people of God mm-hmm. and wow. so if you're wrong admit you're wrong yeah I don't mind admitting I'm wrong yeah. I remember one time um, we were financially hurting at the church this is many 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 years ago financially hurting at the church and I stood up in front of the church and said, if you, don't, if you don't tithe, there's no church. So it's simple. We'll just close the building and move on. <laughs> so I, I, was, I was telling my, our oversight that I said that. And he goes, what? What's wrong with you? <laughs> and I got up the next week and apologized. Yeah. I remember one time. I've apologized more than once. I remember <laughs> I, I, when we, it was the very first very first week we were at the uh, old Ithaca location, we brought in a prophet. Oh, yeah. You remember that? And the prophet stood up there and he, he's crazy. He was a crazy prophet. I mean, he came with really high recommendation, but he was a crazy prophet. Oh, and I actually sent him home. <laughs> I kicked him out. Oh, no. And so the next Sunday, my wife and, ups, wife, well, my wife and I set up a living room suit. Uh, right, our living room set our living on room the suit, stage. <laughs> on the stage. And I apologize to the people for bringing in this guy. Wow. Yeah. Did he like prophesy wrongly over people oh, and hurt them? Mean. He no, mean. he was mean and Aww. he was pompous. He said he couldn't even prophesy over them because he, they, were too they were too immature and he was so far beyond 
them and so he couldn't give them a word and just mean 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 to the sound person mean to worship people i mean just just mean it was awful wow the greatest of these is love and he forgot that part yeah but uh you know i don't mind apologizing Mm -hmm. and there are times that i've had to apologize there's nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong that being wrong in and of itself is normal it means you're moving forward Mm -hmm. But when you deconstruct without with ignorance, your reconstruct is still ignorance. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're just going to the five-year-old or the hobo. Yeah. We and don't want five-year-olds or hobos, or hobos. mentoring us. <laughs> and if you're browsing the internet to reconstruct mentor. your faith, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. I mentor. Yeah. Last question before we wrap up is if there's any pastors or ministers listening and they have people that they're discipling or in their ministry that they can tell are going through a, a period of reconstruction, how should they properly mentor them through that? Deconstruction or reconstruction? Deconstruction. Okay. Um, I definitely would encourage them to reach out. Don't just let them fall through the cracks. Um, reach out. Do some apologetics with them. Yeah. Give them knowledge. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for intelligence. They're looking for knowledge. So I would absolutely reach out, um, do some apologetics, get them some books, um, and get them pointed in the right direction. And stay in. Stay in encouraging them. Um, I believe with intelligence and knowledge, it can really turn them back. And I'll do a, a, a plug. You should have rock solid faith at your church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if true. you want to go on the uh, on on the internet, you can That's go awesome. to Amazon. It's called Truth: A Rock Solid Faith. There's four books, and train your people. Yes. You know, um, if you're not going to disciple them, mm-hmm. disciple right. means discipline. Uh, it means pupil. Mm-hmm. It means school. If you're not going to grow them, disciple them, yeah, school them, well, then what do you expect? Yeah. And we've had people that have left our church as they deconstructed, but they have always avoided me. Mm-hmm. They didn't even come to me. Yeah. They didn't even say goodbye to me. They got saved at our church. They were in ministry at our church, mm-hmm. deconstructing their faith. Really what they were doing is they were trying to appease their flesh. Yeah. And today they're not even serving the Lord. Yeah. Would you say that if you've seen people go through a period of deconstruction, like they're questioning um, and their problems were really much more simple than they made it. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Usually, so again, so. it comes down to justifying their own flesh, their mm-hmm. own sin, their own desires. So mm-hmm. that's awesome for pastors. Definitely rock solid faith. We say from the beginning, we've said it. It's the success of his tabernacle is having rock solid faith. Yep. And we've done it since the beginning. And it really makes people solid because people want to know why they believe what they believe. They They don't want to be told to just believe something. We're way past the time of telling people to believe stuff and they're just going to believe it. You got to tell them why, show them intellectually how they can believe. And it makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. So rock solid faith, go on and get those books, start up classes right away. Every every one of our campuses has to have rock solid faith. Mm The one in Africa already has rock solid faith. Wow. No matter what, you have to have rock solid faith. Why? Because we know that our job, Jesus didn't even tell us to save the lost. He told us to raise up disciples. Mm-hmm. And so a church that's not discipling. 
Now, you can lead a, cho- uh, a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Right. You know, I believe that Rock Solid Faith should have hundreds of people in it mm-hmm. in, our, in our services. You'll have it tonight, mm-hmm. Thursday. Yeah, yes. we have it tonight. Yeah, and you can tonight. watch online for free. Every Thursday night, go to His Tabernacle's Facebook and you can watch online for free. Or you can go and you can uh, go on our website and you can watch, they're all on there, a year a year in, in reverse. So you can go and watch all the Rock Solid Faiths that you desire. But you got to grow up. Mm-hmm. And if you're deconstructing your faith, using a five-year-old or a hobo, <laughs> then you are going to be lost. For the blind, leading the blind means they're both in a ditch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a really, really awesome episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow us, follow us on all of our social media sites. Um, Instagram is B underscore behind the scenes podcast. Facebook is B dot behind the scenes podcast. We also have YouTube. And if you're watching this, you're probably already on YouTube. <laughs> so um, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.